All right, welcome to another Bree, Pat, and the Cowboys chat. Bree, I almost messed that up and almost said third down conversion podcast. Oh, it's it is totally good. I'm I'm laughing right now because the dogs are like barking outside. So to be honest, when you said that, I was thinking about I was thinking about dogs. So it's it, it happens, you know. It, yeah, it does happen. It does happen. Uh, so we recently released our first episode that you can check we out sure did. on Anchor. It's also on Spotify, and we are waiting on Apple to accept it, and then people can start listening on iTunes as well. Marvelous. Yes, yeah, so. So, so excited for this startup. Right, so we wanted to bring another episode. I know we, we said it was probably going to be once a week, but we decided, hey, we got some things to say. Yeah, and to be it, honest, you know, at this, at this point in time, I think, you know, people, people need – need a little bit of a break, you know, need to forget about everything in the world going on right now. So what better way to do that than to discuss some of the Cowboys all time greatest players. Right. So John Machota recently released his all time Cowboys team. Uh, so today we're going to break down Brianna's all time team. And I'm going <laughs> to argue with her at every turn that I possibly can. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate you. Because that's that's what a good co-host does, right? Oh, of course, of course. Um, so obviously, when when you think about all-time greats, you know, there, there's so many. I think Cowboy fans have have really, and I don't want to use the word spoiled, right? But they've been blessed because of all of the uh, different the Hall of Famers that they've had. You know, whether it was you know. Staubach or Dorsett, somebody who should be in the Hall of Fame in Pearson. Right. Bob Hayes, Rayfield Wright, defensive side, Mr. Cowboy Bob Lilly, the Manster. You know, there's so many names up and down the history of this franchise. And so I don't want to say, obviously I don't want to say it's, it's spoiled, but very blessed that they've had, you know, the, the, fans that they have you know I'm, I'm sorry blessed to have the players that they've they've gotten to see no most definitely I mean you look at the players they've had over the years you know the big time guys in the 70s and the 90s and yes they've been they've had so many incredible premier players that were game changers you know they they went out there and made plays in big games and they impacted the outcome of the game but I was honestly surprised going through a lot of these players and looking at the history and the tradition and the legacy of some of these guys, how many of them are not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, there's, there's was a honestly lot. surprising to me. There's one uh, for sure that I argue seems like every year, uh, Harvey Martin. That's the, yeah. one that, that's the one that irks me the most, that he's not in it. And then, of course, Drew Pearson would be number two for me. Yes. Most definitely. And, and as we go along, we'll definitely touch on several of these guys. But, no, I would, I would completely agree. Yeah, so Linebacker is kind of a, an area for me that I was a little surprised on. But we'll, we'll get into all that. So was there, was there a position that you had a hard time, like, feeling? Because you're like, 
oh, well, it, you know, it's this guy. But then you look and you go, well, there's also this guy. Who do I put over this guy? You know, it's almost like in college when they do a two-deep depth chart but an all-time team, it's almost like you need a two-deep depth chart on the all-time Dallas Cowboys football team because there's just so many people you know you're leaving out. I would say – probably one of the hardest areas for me was the offensive and defensive linemen. I mean, they've had so many incredible guys over the years that have kind of set the tone for the offense and defense up front. And so it was really hard to kind of navigate through some of those guys because, I mean, especially for offensive line, I mean, you've got so many incredible players now as well as, you know, in the past, guys that, you know, paved the way for Emmett Smith. But also you've got guys in the lineup now, you know, that that are making their mark as well. So kind of going through some of those was was a little bit challenging for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. So let, let's get started. Let's dive on in. We're going to start offense. And with any offensive team, you always start at the quarterback position. So, Brianna, who, who did you choose as your all-time quarterback? Although I think I know the answer. <laughs> I went with Roger Stallock. Oh, you went. (laughs) Just because, I mean, Hall of Famer, obviously, Captain Comeback, Roger Dodger. But, I mean, to me, he just is the standard for a Dallas Cowboy. Don't forget, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, American hero. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. you the list goes on and on and on. I mean, originated the Hail Mary Pass. But, you know, like we were saying earlier, I think when you look at kind of the time in the league, you know, back when he was the quarterback, it was based a lot more on the passing game. You know, the league kind of transitioned when Troy Aikman was quarterback, and, you know, the emphasis was a lot more on the run, you know, with Emmitt Smith. And obviously, you know, like you said, you can make the argument for, you know, Tony Dorsett. But, you know, I mean, he wasn't the all-time leading rusher like Emmitt Smith was with Troy Aikman. You know, so I just think if you look overall at the quarterback position, Roger hands down is the guy just kind of built that foundation for the Cowboys for America's team and just represented the star in the best way possible on, on and off the field. Yeah. I I think you, it's hard to make an argument. Like I understand that people could make an argument for Troy uh, having won three. Well, of course. Yeah. Three Super Bowls. But I mean, I think when you, when you think about, the the innovation with the shotgun with the hell mary that mm-hmm. you know we're seeing more and more now um you know as a last last ditch effort trying to get back in the game uh you know towards the end of games you're seeing more hell marys and and things of that nature so i you know i think when you talk about that and uh, how the how the game was played and obviously they put in the shotgun and everything so if you had your top four quarterbacks in cowboys history i want to see if you kind of like me do you go with uh I kind of go with, and this is a tough one, you know, obviously uh, Roger at number one, Troy at number two, and then I kind of go back and forth between Danny White and Tony Romo at three and four. Uh, But then obviously there's Dandy Don Meredith, you know, there's there's a bunch in there. He probably makes the top five. Is that kind of how you feel too? Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right, so let's move on. Uh, Running back – Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith, all-time <laughs> leading rusher in NFL history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, his performances with the banged shoulder, uh, separated shoulder, the toughness, the quickness. Uh, you know, and, and 
and I know you've got to spend some time with Emmett and you've talked to him and, you know, not a better person on and off the field. Oh no. He is such, such a nice man. You know, when him and him and his wife, Pat do, do so much through, you know, their Pat and Emmett Smith charity, helping, you know, kind of those underprivileged children that, you know, maybe wouldn't have the opportunities they, they do, you know, growing up in school and they kind of help push them in the right, you know, direction. And in fact, I actually, um, one of the guys that kind of went through their, their process was actually a guy that I went to college with. So just kind of seeing firsthand the impact that those guys have in the lives of kids, you know, and giving them opportunities and helping them to see that, you know, through, through drive and hard work, you know, that, that anything is possible. And, you know, I mean, he was a guy that just gave 110% always, you know, um, whether that be in his preparation and getting his mind right. But, you know, there, there was nothing that he thought he couldn't do, you know, and I think that's one of the most amazing things to me is that, you know, he, he was the guy that, you know, even from his high school coach, you know, he said, you, it's a goal or it's, it's a dream until you write it down and then it becomes a goal, you know, and, and coming into the NFL, you know, he wrote down several, several goals that he, you know, wanted to accomplish. And of course, you know, ended up accomplishing all of them, but I just, yeah, just an outstanding, outstanding person. But even when you look at his NFL career, I think even more so than, you know, all-time leading rusher. But the thing that almost impresses me more so than even, you know, him being a complete back was his consistency and longevity in the league. You know, I mean, just even after he was over the age of 30, you know, what he was able to accomplish in the league is just, just incredible. And, and we'll probably never see anyone get close to his record for the simple fact that the way that they use running backs now. Right. And, you know, but you think about, you know, what he was able to do and how long he was able to do it. Uh, you know, and he, he, like I said, it's hard not to, to love him not only for what he did on the field, but what he does off the field. Exactly. Uh, so did you go with a fullback in your all time? Oh, you bet I did. I was just about to say that. So I know a lot of NFL teams don't even have a fullback on the roster in, in the way the league is today, but you cannot have, you cannot not have the moose on here. Daryl, <laughs> Daryl Johnson, Emmett wouldn't have been able to do what he did without Daryl Johnston blocking for him and paving the way. Yeah, the, the name that I'll bring up is kind of a, a counter to that um, is Robert Newhouse. Ooh, yeah. You know, so that, that's a name that I would throw in there uh, as far as, you know, if I was going to pick a name. But, you know, I think you're right, though. It's like it's hard to imagine Emmett without the moose. And, you know, and, and had it not been for injuries and whatnot – I really wished on that day when Emmett broke the record that it was, you know, the moose leading the way. Uh, he was there. He was on the field, um, you know, as a reporter. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that moment would have been even more special if, you know, if he would have been the one leading the way for him. But I, I think you're right. It's hard not to put the moose in that spot. 
Right. And I mean, you look at in 1993, he was the first fullback to ever be selected for a Pro Bowl. They specifically put that position in the Pro Bowl for him. I mean, that just shows you right there the type of caliber player that he was. Yeah, I mean, not just a blocker. He could run for you. He could catch the ball out of the backfield. You know, he was another receiver for Troy Aikman. And oh, yeah. He had more of, He had more receptions than carries. Yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely hard to put – not put Moose in there. Uh, obviously, that's why I wanted to bring it up, see if you felt that way. Obviously, like I said, Moose for me is 1A, 1B, Robert Newhouse. True. Very accurate. Uh, we're going to go wide receiver. And for me, I don't know how many wide receivers you chose, but I would have to go with at least three. Yes, I, I have three. Um, uh, Michael Irvin. Yes. Drew Pearson. Yep. Bullet Bob Hayes. Yep. <laughs> That's my three. <laughs> Seriously, my exact three. I mean, I think you could – and this is tough because I, I try to find a way to put Des Bryant in there. Uh, you talk okay. about a guy who, who leads, you know, he's got, he has the franchise record for most receiving touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to leave Des off that list too. I would try to find a way to work him in, but definitely bullet Bob Hayes because he changed the game. Oh yeah. He changed the way defenses played uh, coverage uh, just because of his, his, yeah, his speed. speed. Yep. And so I think you definitely have to have him in there. And because of Dez, I, I say Dez because he broke Bullet Bob's record, which was surprising yeah. to me that the record, as many receptions as Michael Irvin had over the years, that he didn't have the record. That was solely surprising to me when you really dive into his numbers. Right. But no, I would, I mean, I think when you look at, look at everything as a whole and what they did during their times with the Cowboys. I mean, you got to go with Irvin Pearson and, and Hayes. And like you said, I cannot believe Drew Pearson is not in the hall of fame. He's one of the guys that, I mean, he was the original 88, you know? And I mean, you just look at what he did. I mean, member of the 1970s all decade team. I mean, I just, Three-time Pro Bowl player, yeah, I'm. he definitely needs to be in the conversation. I think, obviously, eventually he will be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm very, very excited for that day. In fact, I interviewed um, Roger Staubach years ago, and he showed me his a tattoo that he has on his arm commemorating the Hail Mary pass in Drew Person. Yeah. So, so, I mean, obviously, just that, that – I mean, that guy was a number one weapon for Roger Strawbach, you know. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, he absolutely was. He absolutely was. And uh, I wanted to now switch over – I mean, because obviously we're, we agree here on wide receivers uh, when you give them the four names there. Uh, just for – you know, off the top of my head, that's those are the four I think of. Uh, obviously, when you look at tight end, uh, Jason Witten, right? Uh all-time leading receiver in, in receptions in Dallas Cowboys history, all-time leading receiver in yards in Cowboys history. He came close to matching Des Bryant's record for most receiving touchdowns in a career. You talk about the toughness, the guy. 
I mean, he breaks his jaw, has it wired so he can play football. He ruptures his spleen, but he doesn't miss a snap. I mean, that guy just personified toughness. Right. I think you can also, though, there is an argument for Jay Novacek. He didn't, he didn't play as long, so his numbers aren't going to be as high. But when you look at him from game to game, that guy was a beast. Incredible receiving tight end. Five-time Pro Bowl player, two-time All-Pro. I mean, this guy had arthroscopic surgery in week 16 of the 95 into 96 season and still helped the team in the Super Bowl. I mean, this, this guy was, was the best you can get. And I, I understand that his numbers aren't anywhere near Jason Witten's because he didn't play that long. But in my opinion, he's a better receiving tight end than Witten. Uh, I when, you look, when you look at his career. I, I, can't, I can't go with you there. I can't go with you there. because. <laughs> um, I mean, I get that it, it's a very difficult argument to make when you look at how long – Jason Witten has played in the league, but I mean, I'm just, I'm a huge Novacek fan. No, don't, don't get me wrong. I was, you know, growing up, I was a huge Novacek fan. Um, obviously with his, um, he was kind of like, you know, he was the security blanket to go along with Moose and Emmett for Troy Aikman. Right. Uh, you know, so, you know, I grew up watching him, but you know, just the way that, that Witten was able to play specifically the 2013 season uh I watched Witten you know just be a workhorse right and, right you know it's in the fact that that you can hear the stories about the Y option and uh you know the fact that they run that to perfection and nobody could stop it just couldn't I mean there, he's never was never known as a speedster guy but yet defenses just could not stop Jason Witten from getting open on that play right and you know it, it's it's hard for me, especially considering all-time leading receiver in catches and yards, close and touchdowns. I, I I just have a hard time putting anybody over Witten for that reason alone. Right, and I mean obviously there's no doubt that he will be in the Hall of Fame. You know, kind of set that standard of excellence for the Cowboys and for other you know young players coming up to follow. And obviously, I mean, there's a huge huge picture of him in the star, you know, as players are walking onto the indoor field, there's a huge mural of Jason Witten on the wall. It's just kind of a reminder for players that that is the level that we expect you to play at into, you know, work in, you know, off the field as well, you know, in how you get your mind right in your film study, in the weight room stuff. I mean, Jason is that standard for the Cowboys. Yeah. Like it's, it's a reminder of how you, the expectation level as far as how to carry yourself. Exactly. You know, maybe not be the player that Jason Witten was, but put in the work, um, you know, be an example for others on and off the field. Yeah, I get that. All right. right. So he has the character to go along with, you know, on his on-the-field ability. Absolutely. Sure. All right, so let's move on to the offensive line. Yes. All right, yes. go ahead and uh, read off your offensive line picks. All right, so who I have for right tackle, I have Rayfield Wright. Mm -hmm. For right guard – Zach Martin, of course. Now, okay, so center is kind of an area for debate. I have Mark Stepnoski, but obviously there's an argument for Travis Frederick. For left guard, I have Larry Allen, and for left tackle, I have Tyron Smith. So kind of mixed in the 
the old and the new. Okay. What are what are your thoughts on on those guys? All right, right tackle Rayfield, right. I have no problem with that. Okay. Absolutely don't. Right guard Jack Martin. Okay, he's an all-world guy. <laughs> you know, he's oh, all pro each and every year. I have no problem with that. Center. Um, I think I'm gonna lean Travis Frederick because we're talking about all-time great Cowboys, right? Right. Uh, and so I just think the longevity, um, proving himself to be a multi-time all-pro, um, you know, just everything that he did on and off the field. Uh, to me, Travis Frederick is the. It's kind of. I kind of look at Travis Frederick in the same light that I do Jason Witten, and that right. he just personifies what the Cowboys organization want players to be about. Right, and one of the reasons I put. Stepnowski was because, I mean, not only did, you know, his blocking help, you know, Emmett Smith win three rushing titles and, you know, the all-time rushing record, but he didn't have that prototypical type, you know, in size for a center. I mean, he was 6'2", 265 pounds, but his strength was in, you know, his blocking techniques and he kind of like revolutionized that, you know, his understanding of angles and, and how to get leverage and how to use them to his advantage. That's one of the things that made him to me, one of the all time great Cowboys and one of the top players, you know, of the nineties that aren't in the hall of fame. Right. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, discounting that at all. Cause you're right. Uh, you know, he was, he was very much a big part of that. Uh, you know, you're talking about a guy who was in the nineties, all decade team, three time, all pro, one time right. pro bowler, two time, you know, uh, Super Bowl champ uh, with the Cowboys from 89 to 94, then, you know, rejoined them in 99, 2001, I believe. You know, so I I, I agree yeah. with you. I think, you know, he is one of those, you know, top guys. Uh, I think I just hold Travis Frederick a little bit higher. Uh, and maybe, no, maybe, maybe that's completely understandable. And maybe that's recency bias. You know, so that's that's just, you know, where I look at right now. Um, uh, right. Well, and you look at, you know, everything Travis, you know, overcame too, you know, in, in his career. And I think it, it's hard to kind of get, get past that as well because, again, you know, he, he's kind of like Jason Witten. You know, he has, he has that character. He has, like, all the things you want and kind of has been that standard of excellence in the offensive line for the Cowboys and kind of been that centerpiece. But, you know, I mean, even in 2018 when, you know, he wasn't playing, he was constantly wanting to immerse himself and be there. You know, he was constantly asking Jason Garrett, you know, can, can I be in the meetings? Like, can I come to the – and Jason Garrett's like, why are you even asking me this? Like, of course you can be there. You know, I mean, he was constantly in the headset helping those guys out. And, you know, I mean, I couldn't imagine how hard that must have been for him to not be on the field and having to watch – you know, his teammates play in these games that he couldn't be a part of because obviously all they want to do is compete. So I, I completely understand, you know, the argument because, yeah, I mean, Travis Frederick, he's, he's one of the greats, you know. Right, right, definitely. Um, okay, uh, who was your, your left guard again? Larry Allen. Yeah, there's, there's no debate. It's Larry Allen. I mean, oh, you, yeah. you can't make a debate against <laughs> I mean, 11-time Pro Bowl, 7-time All-Pro, yeah. I don't, I don't all right, all I'm going to say is if you don't say Larry Allen, um, he follows me on Twitter, so he'll come and find you, and he'll probably pancake, okay? 
Oh, yeah. He stink and launched people. I mean, he drove linebackers 20 yards deep. I mean, the guy, ooh, he was a beast. It was kind of like that. Bad man, as his teammates used to say. It was kind of like that clip um, that they showed several years ago uh, with Lyle Collins. And he, he's, like, pulling, and he's running downfield, and this, like, poor little defensive back is standing there, <laughs> and Lyle just launches him into, like, out of the – like, you can't even see him anymore because he's knocked off the screen. You know, right. that's, kind of, that's kind of what it was like watching Larry Allen play growing up. Oh, yeah. He was he was a wall. You know, guys guys couldn't move him for sure. No. Uh, left tackle Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. I don't have an argument against that. I mean, I really don't. Um, I, I might argue Mark Tuane. Yes, and he was honestly one of the guys that was in my kind of options of people as well. I mean, it's it's – the Cowboys have honestly had so much success you know in that? their offensive line. You know, I mean, really, honestly, when you look at all the, their past players, I mean, it's, it's incredible the talent they've had in their offensive line. Right. And, the, and I mean, just being in the top rankings in the league for, for years, mm-hmm. the, you know, with their offensive line play. The other name that – and the reason I didn't bring him up originally because you put – you said Rayfield Wright at right tackle – uh, I, it's really hard to argue a Hall of Famer, but I think Eric Williams is one of the most undersung guys that they talk about. And had it not been for that car wreck, I think Eric Williams would have been in the Hall of Fame. Oh, no, no doubt. No because doubt. Because he was, you know, as much as people give credit for Larry Allen being a monster at left guard, that's what Eric Williams was at right tackle. No, amen. And it's it's so funny you mentioned that because obviously I, you know, grew up Cowboys fan with with my dad. You know, so of course I talk with him a ton a ton about Cowboys football. And we were we were going through some of these, and it's funny because he immediately he said Eric Williams immediately that name came out. He was like, man, that guy. Just watching film with that guy is insane. His battles with Reggie White were epic. Oh yeah. I mean that to me. Um, so my buddy, Brandon Thorne, who, who kind of, he really pays real close attention to offensive line and defensive line. Like that's his favorite. Like when he's scouting Mm -hmm. players, that's what he loves. And he would refer to a Eric Williams versus Reggie, Reggie White battle as football porn. That's, that's what he, (laughs) he, he attributes it to. Cause that's just what he, he loves the, the guys in the trenches battling it out. So. Uh, definitely don't have a problem with the offensive line that you had, um, you know, other than I put Travis Frederick over uh, Stepnoski, but I, but I don't think putting Stepnoski there is a bad choice at all. Right. I mean, it's, it's hard. Cause yeah, it's like, the, to be honest, there's, there's so many options you could put in there. Oh for, yeah. For those. All right. So let's get into the fun part. Let's do defense, right? Oh heck Yeah. All right, so defensive end. I'm going to start defensive end. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess DeMarcus Ware is on your list. He is not, actually. What? Yes. I mean, oh I God. I am a huge, huge DeMarcus Ware fan. And he Obviously was definitely not. up there. Obviously not. You didn't put him on your list. I put um, Ed Tutal Jones and okay. Charles Haley is who I put. Uh, for me, DeMarcus Ware over Charles Haley. Uh, for me, Harvey Martin over Charles Haley. 
See, I had, I originally had, it was like a battle for me between Harvey Martin and Charles Haley. Like, I have them both. But I had, yeah, Ed Futaw Jones, and then I went with Charles Haley over Harvey Martin, and then obviously defensive tackle, Randy White and Bob Lilly. I mean, Hands down, the, first. The, the defensive tackle is easy, but defensive ends, like, I understand Ed Tutal Jones. So, you're wrong. Uh, big fan of Ed Tutal Jones. I, you know, I had, I've listened to stories for years from my mother and from my grandfather about Ed Tutal Jones. I have a hard time with – I have a hard time putting Charles Haley over DeMarcus Ware. I have a hard time putting Charles Haley over Harvey Martin, who should be in the Hall of Fame. It's a freaking joke that he's not. Oh, no. It most definitely is. Drives me, drives me crazy. All right, so we're not going to agree on defensive line outside of Bob Lilly and Randy White. All right, gotcha. <laughs> um, linebackers, how many linebackers did you choose? I have two. Two linebackers. Yes. Chuck Howley and Leroy Jordan. You are right on the money. And to me, this see, that's, that's what gets me, is that neither one of them – well, actually, yeah, neither one of them are in the whole thing. And that, Chuck, to me, is insane. Chuck Alley, the only uh, Super Bowl MVP to ever win the award on a losing team. Yes, exactly. Tells you how yeah. good he was. Exactly. And seriously, Tom Landry labeled him the best linebacker he's ever had. And that oh, man yeah. coached for a long time. That That is saying a lot. I mean, six-time Pro Bowl player. I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to understand, especially them uh, not having him in there. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, obviously, you brought up Leroy Jordan. Um, you know, he was – Yeah, I mean, all-time leading tackler until, you know, Darren Woodson passed him in 2002. Yep. Again, uh, yeah, I don't know how he's not in the in the conversation. It's, it's a tough one because, you know, and, you know, he was – he was an All-American at Alabama. Yeah. Know, and, uh, you know, what's interesting is he was – when he was drafted, he was drafted in the first round with the sixth overall selection in the NFL draft. But in the AFL draft, he was drafted by the Boston Patriots in round two. It makes you go, what? Like, that's kind of weird that it was that big of a, a difference because usually when they were drafted in the uh, AFL compared to the NFL, they, they were very similar. Exactly, yeah. Were there any other, like, linebackers for you that you kind of had to have a conversation about? Like Those, to me, were, were kind of the main, the main options. But I, I am a huge Sean Lee fan. And so, obviously, I mean, I, I put those two there. But I also, I, I love Sean Lee. And I think he has been incredible throughout his throughout his career I mean he has that same Jason Witten I mean he is like that standard of excellence for the defense yeah I think Sean Lee you could have a conversation about uh right I mean he's been he's played all all three linebacker spots you know and been productive at each one I mean there's nobody in the building that works harder than he does Brady James constantly watching film Brady James is another guy I bring up Ooh, yes uh, is there any like, uh, and, and this, there's two that I really love to bring up and I know they'll never be listed as all time greats, but they were probably two of my favorites. And that was the combination of Dat Wynn and Dexter Coakley. Okay. 
absolutely loved watching those two play. Um, Dexter Coakley still uh, holds uh, a Cowboys record, or he's tied for a Cowboys record uh, for the most pick sixes uh, in an NFL career. Wow. In a Cowboys career, I should say. Because okay. uh, the other the others that I would bring up, uh, Eugene Lockhart, uh, D.D. Lewis, Ken Norton Jr., uh, were some of the guys that that I would bring up as well. And if you want to classify, you know, Demarcus Ware as a linebacker versus a defensive end, right? Played in the three four, um, you know, the, there's there's some some other stuff in there too. So, but that, that's you know, I think the linebacker is a tough one. Um, so I'm guessing if you went with two linebackers, you went with three cornerbacks. Yes. All right, Mel Renfro. I have Mel Renfro. Okay. Everson Walls. Okay. And Deion Sanders. Yeah, it's funny. I had a conversation about the Deion thing with uh, Dave Hellman. Okay. And it's funny, and I said, I don't think of Deion as a, as a cowboy. And what I didn't realize is he spent more time as a cowboy, or he spent just as much time as a cowboy as he did a Falcon. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's like, hey, man, I can't – he's like, I can't go there with you because I tried to argue that it – that I, I wouldn't put him up there, but, you know, having looked back, now I can understand it, why why he said that. So, uh, Right. I mean, he's every, just – he's prime time. You know, he was a yeah. showstopper, incredible, incredible athlete. Okay. Uh, so you went with Everson Walls over Cornell Green? I did. I don't hate it. I did. I'm just a huge, huge Everson Walls fan. And, again, I mean, he didn't just play, you know, for the Cowboys. He also played for the Giants and the Browns. But, yeah, the dude, I mean, he was just a beast. And I, I love I love watching tape, tape of him. But, I mean, he was a guy, you know, I mean, he was one of the most feared cornerbacks in the league at the time. You know, I mean, quarterbacks stopped throwing to his side of the field. And just I love, I love watching his game. I think, I think he was an incredible player. Yep, four-time All-Pro, three or yeah, or four-time Pro Bowl or three-time All-Pro, yeah. uh, which happened to be the three years that he led the league in interceptions. Exactly. I mean, fifty-seven total. Yeah. That's insane. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Considering he led the, the Cowboys in interceptions three times. You know, nineteen eighty-one, nineteen eighty-two, nineteen eighty-five. Okay, so he had. All right, so let's think about that. He had fifty-seven interceptions in his career. The Cowboys as a whole had 98 over an entire decade. Right. <laughs> I was seriously just thinking that earlier, Patrick. I wrote that down and I was thinking about us discussing those stats and I was like, my gosh, how yeah, sad. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other great thing about Everson Walls is he's a homegrown talent. He went to Burtner High School in Richardson, Texas, you know, so he local local guy got to play for his hometown team. Um, you know, for I was a nine seasons before he went to the Giants Browns. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and only only him and safety Ed Reed have led the league in interceptions three times. They're the only two. That's a stat. Right. I mean that that, that dude right there. I mean he he's boss. I mean you look at that and it's like okay I, yeah that guy's he's in the conversation as one of the tops for sure. Yeah, I mean I I think you can make an argument for Cornell Green. Uh, you know, he was a 
four-time All-Pro, three times first team, uh, all-rookie team, part of the 25th anniversary team, the Cowboys. Um, right. So, you know, it's hard for me. I mean, he he had 34 career interceptions, two for touchdowns. Uh, you know, he moved around between safety and cornerback during his career. You know, I, I think Cornell is a guy that I would consider up there as well. But, it, you know, for me, it's hard not to – uh, to discount Everson Walls, and obviously nobody's going to say make a case against Mel Renfro because he was. <laughs> uh, all right, right, so next up we have our safeties. Yes, I went with Cliff Harris and Darren Woodson. Okay. For That's who I who I went with. I can't believe you didn't put Jeff Heath in there. He's the goat. <laughs> I will say, though, whenever we get into some of our favorite uh, Cowboys moments and plays, which, you know, we'll get into at another date, his hit in the Vikings game will probably be one of my favorite plays. Top five? That that Jeff Heath moment where he literally hightails it across the field and makes that tackle and knocks the ball out. That's one of the most incredible – physical plays I've ever seen. Probably one of my favorite of, moments of, was against the Raiders. It was yes, against the Raiders. Yes. Thank you. Is that the one yeah, you're talking that about? That play where he knocks the ball out of Derek yeah. Carr's hand. It, that's oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh safety Cliff Harris obviously hard to say no to that. Uh Charlie Waters you can make a case for. Oh most yeah. Yeah. He's definitely in the conversation. Uh, definitely. Uh, I, I think Darren Woodson, obviously. And, you know, that's – he's probably – and Darren's on that list of players that I just look and go, why isn't this man in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, seriously. I mean, all-time leading leading tackler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a punishing hitter, too. I mean, I know a lot of people remember Roy Williams for his hits. But mm-hmm. before Roy Williams, the, the punisher across the middle was Darren Woodson. Oh yeah, I have I watched him put on some absolutely lethal hits, and he was probably the one player like growing up. Like, don't get me wrong, I loved Emmett. Emmett was probably my favorite player, but I don't think there was a player I liked watching more than Darren Woodson. Yeah, well, and not only was he you know amazing at strong safety, but you know he also played outside linebacker and you know nickel packages, you know covering yeah. slot receivers. So I mean, he he was a guy that could do it all, you know, and was productive productive doing everything. Right, and playing then, both, you know, the run in the past. I mean, he was just just a beast. Yeah, and he, you know, he was a linebacker at Arizona State. Right. So when they brought him to the NFL, they moved him, you know, safety because he was kind of that that smaller, uh, smaller frame, yeah, smaller frame linebacker. Like, all right, let's put him in safety, but he could still handle the physical. And the great thing about him was that, and you know, I think it's a little different than most safeties that play today. Is you know they're asked to do one thing or another, where Darren did all of it, you know, where he, he played his spot at the safety position. He played linebacker and sub packages, like you said, but he was also asked to cover receivers and he was probably their better nickel corner. Exactly. So he's like, I'll cover him. I got this, you know? And, and so, you know, that's, I, I agree. I like the list. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I noticed that you didn't put any special teamers on there. I did not. <laughs> uh, long snapper LP Latisaur. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go there. Oh, yeah. uh, kicker, Dan Bailey. Oh, yeah. Automatic. 
I don't think you can put anybody else. Punter, um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. Yeah. Because at a time, at, the, at a time, uh, Matt McBriar, I would have said, you know, with his ability to punt. Um, then you have the puntisher, which I think he might get the nod just on that hit alone. That he hit on the, <laughs> the <laughs> Detroit Lion on the sideline. Right. Um, or that run against uh, Philadelphia. That was funny. Oh, yeah. Did you see, like, the look on the players' faces when they got that first down? When Chris Jones <laughs> ran the ball, they were like, oh, crap. <laughs> what, what just happened? <laughs> well, exactly. They were, like, getting ready to go on the field. They're like, yeah, oh, man. <laughs> no, but it, I, I think it's a good list overall. Uh, I didn't really have any much argument against against your list other than you know, a couple spots, but you know I think overall it was a good list. Well, thank you, Patrick. All right, but appreciate it. Up on our next episode, we're going to get into the top cowboy moments, kind of our favorites. Um, and we'll do a top five, a top ten list. Uh, we'll get that together and we'll bring it to you sometime in the coming week. 